everybody. Welcome back to Out on a Tangent with the Merrimack Public Library. Yet again this week, we have another co-host with me. We have Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Sam. I am excited to be here. <laughs> if you have noticed, I have shouted out Michelle in all of these episodes. Yes, this is like the most exciting part of my week now. <laughs> I get to be on the podcast. Also... Uh, shout out to all our listeners who are very excited about all the things we're doing. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we are continuing our Oceans of Possibilities series. And today we're talking about sea monsters. Sea monsters or like water monsters because a couple of them don't live in the ocean. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Um, so Michelle actually came prepared, which is, as you know, not common on the podcast. Like, by prepared, I wrote about a paragraph of uh, one monster I like. So. You know what? That's totally fine. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the Kraken, which I feel like everybody knows about the Kraken. Yeah, I was like, we have to, we have to yeah. do Kraken, right? It's like, it's so embedded in our pop culture. Like, it was just... Every single TV show that's animated, I feel like, has an episode with the Kraken in it. But I don't know. I purposely didn't look this one up, though, actually, because I it's one of those, like, a meme thing. But I don't know where it really comes from. So it comes from Norway. Okay. So the, perhaps the most famous mythical representation of the octopus is the Kraken. It's, legend, it's a legendary giant cephalopod, which is, like, the scientific family of octopi like sea monster origin good originating from scandinavian folklore so it comes from like the netherlands and norway like that area of the world the kraken dwells off of the coast of norway and greenland and terrorizes nearby sailors according to norse sagas Authors over the years have postulated that the legend may have originated from sightings of giant squids that may grow to 13 to 15 meters or 40 to 50 feet in length. Okay, that's what I was wondering is how many of these sea monsters are just that someone saw a giant squid because they... Yeah, they get big. They get very big. The sheer size and fearsome appearance attributed to the Kraken has made it a common ocean-dwelling monster in various fictional works. Even seen as recently as... 2006 in Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men's Chest. Throughout the centuries, the Kraken has been a staple part of sailors' superstitions and mythos. So, this article is recent within the last like 20 years, but it's the Kraken has been seen uh, more currently than 2006. Yeah, I was just thinking, like the Clash of the Titans remake, I think had the kraken in aquaman it aquaman too the aquaman oh, oh yeah movie had the kraken in it and i believe the kraken in the aquaman movies is voiced by julian i believe you may be right i think so, I this. anyway uh and you might be wondering does it exist yes it does it i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this Architeshuis do the world's largest known squid is surprisingly camera shy. The elusive giant squid has wriggled its way into folklore for thousands of years, inspiring tales of fearsome krakens with bodies as large as islands. In reality, a dew is a tad smaller than that, capable of growing to about 46 feet long, the length of a semi-trailer. 
How terrifying is that? So they do, giant squids will come to the surface. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure because I know a lot of what we know about them, I think, has been found from dead, you know, ones that died and washed up on beaches. Uh, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, well, they, they, according to this article, despite their size, these cephalopods are almost never seen in the water. Most observations come from dead or dying yeah. squids that wash up on the Yeah, beach. so I wasn't sure if they lived really deep and only rose when they So, in 2012, died. a team of marine scientists filmed a young dew in its Whoa. natural habitat about 2,000 feet below the sea Whoa. south of Japan. I want to see that video. <laughs> we can look it up. If I find it, I'll put it in the description of this episode. So, like, yeah. It exists. How terrifying would that be? Every, so, I, last night, I was trying to look up are there any small sea monsters? No, they're all giant. I mean, it makes sense. From a boat, you can't see a tiny sea monster, but it's all these, like, giant size of houses, size of islands. Yeah. I mean, like, think about, like, the, I feel like the semi-trailer is a really good analogy because, like, think about when you're driving on the road and then there's, like, a giant semi-truck that passes you. That whole thing is the size of the squid. Yeah. So, like, you're in the water just chilling, and then you look down, there's a giant... Like a giant, giant squid. That would be, yeah, that would be terrifying. I don't think it would. I don't think it would eat you though. And that's anything. the thing I wonder is is, I doubt they would attack a boat, but maybe they're big enough where if they like a semi truck when it goes by you, yeah. it makes it makes like your car shake a little bit. Yeah. Like I wonder if it's more if they just get near a boat, they'll the way it probably yeah. makes like a big wake or whatever. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, well, octopus eat fish. So maybe they are, like, carnivores. Yeah, that's an interesting question. If they got a sailor, like, if they actually yeah. had, like, a human in front of them, would they eat it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I did not find any record of that, but it has been seen. So I'm, what, I'm curious to know what your monster is. So, okay, mine is Cthulhu. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear about that one. So HP Lovecraft, who is he was a writer. Yeah. He wrote a lot of what's known now as cosmic horror. Okay. Where things from different dimensions or different universes will come. Yeah. And they're so big and crazy and amazing that even to look at them will like make you go insane. Mm -hmm. So Cthulhu comes from a different universe, but is most commonly depicted as living in the ocean. Okay. In in HP Lovecraft stories. And it's just this giant octopus dragon thing. That sounds terrifying. It's, it's really Does scary. Does it have wings? Um, I think it's described as having like, yeah, like a tail and like wings, but then its head is like an octopus. Okay. okay. And it can it breathe fire even though it lives in I the I don't water? know if it can breathe fire. Basically, if, just, if you're in the presence of it or see it, you just will go mad. And if you try to tell anyone, like the point of the name Cthulhu was yeah. that it's unpronounceable. Okay. Like we pronounce it just to whatever, but it was supposed to be just a bunch of letters that it's just so awesome and not of this universe that you can't even comprehend it. So like the going mad thing, that's sort of like the siren legend. Yeah. Because, like, so there's this whole thing about sirens and mermaids, if they're the same thing. I would like to believe that they are not. So sirens first appeared in Greek mythology. If you remember from the Odyssey, I think. I don't know if it's the Iliad or the Odyssey. I think Odyssey? I think it's the Odyssey. But and Odysseus is, like, tricked by a siren, and that's why he gets stuck on the island. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> 
That was a very good description of Greek mythology. If any of you are studying Greek mythology in school, let us know what the actual thing is. Uh, in Greek mythology, a siren is a creature that is half bird and half woman who lured sailors to destruction by the sweetness of her song. According to Homer, there were two sirens on an island in the Western Sea between Aiea and the rocks of Scalia. I'm not pronouncing those right, I can guarantee it. Later, the number was usually increased to three, and they were located on the west coast of Italy near Naples. They were variously said to be the daughters of the sea god Phorcys or the river god Achilles by one of the muses. I didn't know that there were only like two or three. That's yeah, so they're not like a species. Like how mermaids yeah. are technically like a species. But like, so... In as far as like in pop culture goes, we again Pirates of the Caribbean. We see them depicted in Pirates of the Caribbean as half women, half fish, and in Harry Potter, mermaids are evil creatures that live in the waterways around the Wizarding World. So like, if you've ever seen Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, there's one challenge where they have to like go into a lake, I believe, and the mermaids that are depicted in Harry Potter are like what you would think when you think a siren. Yeah, sometimes mermaids are depicted. Like, I've seen them, like, more, yeah, like, they're singing and, yeah. and they will drive drive men mad or, you know, that yeah. sort of there's thing. Yeah, there's also an animated movie called Sinbad that my brother loved growing up, and there's <laughs> sirens in that movie. <laughs> so this is, this might be a really obvious question, but the word siren, then, is that where we get the word for, like, an ambulance siren? Like, I don't because know. It's, because the sirens, it was that their song yeah. was so loud or piercing, it would, you know, so, like, is that the origin of the word i'm sure it is that's pretty cool that makes that would make a lot of sense to me again if you guys are studying this in school let us know because <laughs> i uh as we discussed last time with jenny we do not find the most reliable sources for this podcast uh and so mermaids or a masculine merman because there's two different ones are fabled marine creatures with the head and upper body of a human being and the tail of a fish. Similar to, similar divine or semi-divine beings appear in ancient mythologies. Examples, the Chaldean sea god Ea or Anis in European folklore, mermaids, sometimes called sirens, and mermen were actual beings who, like fairies, had magical and prophetic powers. They loved music and often sang. Though very... Though very long lived, they were mortal and had no souls. They had no, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, they were mortal yet had no souls. They had no souls. Okay. Actually, I feel like some versions even of the Little Mermaid discuss that. Well, whole... Ariel gives up her soul to Ursula, basically. Yeah. But I mean, it's... it's her voice, but like. Yeah. Hmm. I, so do you think, I've heard people say that mermaids probably were like manatees yeah like do you, i've seen i've heard that yeah. and i could kind of see that you might think it's a person if you saw a manatee swimming in the water that'd be a really weird looking person i guess so but i mean if, I don't know. if you didn't know what it was yeah sure. but like i've also heard manatees described as sea cows yeah which like that's very cute and that basically is. what they are <laughs> but um this is a complete, in pop culture, usually mermaids are the complete opposite imagery of sirens. Because, like, Little Mermaid, we all know. Bubble Guppies, which is a kid's show about <laughs> mermaid, like, preschool. <laughs> and it's, 
they're usually depicted as happy, happy, loving, friendly creatures. But music is always incorporated. Whether it be, you know, Ariel. Oh, that's a really interesting yeah. point. Like the sirens music is is harmful, but mermaid mermaid music is often depicted as yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like Little Mermaid, we know like Ariel's singing and like the whole thing about her singing is what she gives to Ursula and that she can't sing and then all of that other stuff. And Bubble Guppies, it's a kid's show that's going to be singing anyway, but there is a lot of music yeah. in it. So, and I feel like there's other things in pop culture where mermaids are like singing and then that's how like sailors can find them but like it's not a negative thing it's like a positive thing that's really that's actually quite interesting because or you like, can see a connection between the two the show um h2o this that kid show from like nickelodeon i think it was on like in the 90s and early 2000s okay. it was called h2o and it was about people who were mermaids and even if they got like a droplet of water on them, they would turn into a mermaid. So they had to just like stay away from water unless they wanted to be a mermaid. That must be wrong. <laughs> it's a really dumb show. <laughs> I don't remember. I missed that one. I Did you see that movie that. Splash with Tom? Hanks? Yes. When I was a kid, my sister was obsessed with mermaids, so we watched that movie a lot when I was young. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And there's also like the Barbie mermaid thing. Is there any other, like, mermaids that are in pop culture that are as famous as, like, Ariel? Probably not as famous as Ariel. I, I feel, I can't remember the name of the movie, but I know there was a live-action movie, and I think there was three girls on the cover of the movie, and JoJo may have been one, and that was pretty popular. Not JoJo Siwa. <laughs> not, no, isn't there another? Yeah, so JoJo was a singer in the 90s, I think. Yeah. But, like... Today, if you say JoJo, there's this, yeah. You do you know JoJo? No, Sula? I do. Know. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that when I. Just there's like that. now there's only like one JoJo, but there used to be another JoJo that was just as famous. Which I believe she was born or went to school in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, that's interesting. So I was someone I grew up near there, hometown hero, yeah, and people were always very excited about about her career. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, and like. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, there's no like, Disney really has taken that over, huh? Because I can't think of any other mermaid besides Ariel. Yeah, no. Do you know like the original Little Mermaid fable? And I it's very sad. Kathy knows it very well. I vaguely know it because Kathy told me a million times. Well, if you were interested at home, look up the Hans Christian Andersen version because it's the background of why he wrote it is very interesting, and yeah. also it's it's very sad. The ending is is. Very. If I remember correctly, Ariel dies at the end. I believe she's turned into like a pillar of foam. Oh yeah, or yes. She's or... turned into she's turned into sea foam. Mm -hmm. And like every time that like you can hear the sea foam like hitting the ground, that's her screams of pain or something. Well, when she in the original, when she's turned to a human, it's very painful for her. It's yeah. like walking on glass and, yeah. and things like that the whole time. Like the human legs are painful and yeah. then it ends very sad because there's no buddy hackett as a seagull in that no <laughs> you guys don't know who buddy hackett actually is. i'm not i know the name but i don't remember who buddy hackett is either. he plays um now i can't remember the seagull's name the seagull in little mermaid yeah he's like a character actor from along like from the 60s i think okay anyway anyway another tangent he did a tv show with carol burnett called uh stanley <laughs> It did not last very long. <laughs> I think it had like seven episodes. 
Anyway, let's go back to sea monsters. All right. Um, the last one that I have is a lake monster, and it's another one that we all know very well. The Loch Ness Monster. Also known as Nessie. A large marine creature believed by some people to inhabit Loch Ness, Scotland. However, much of the alleged evidence supporting its existence has been discredited and is widely thought that the monster is a myth. Reports of, monster in, um, reports of the monster inhabiting Loch Ness date back to ancient times. Notably, local stone carvings by the Pict depict... By the Pict depict, that's fun to say. <laughs> a mysterious beast with flippers. The, writ, the first written account appears in a biography of St. Columbia from 56.5. What am I... I can't talk today. 565 AD. That's pretty old. Yeah. Okay. According to that work, the monster bit a swimmer and was prepared to attack another man when Columbia intervened, ordering the beast to go back. It obeyed, and over the centuries, only occasional sightings were reported. <laughs> so, like, the goddess was like, yo, get out of here, dude. And then it just never came back. Okay. Many of these alleged encounters seemed inspired by Scottish folklore, which abounds with myth mythical water creatures. Which makes sense, because Scotland is sort of an island. It's, yeah, it's part of an island. Yeah. <laughs> In 1933, the Loch Ness Monster's legend began to grow. At the time, a road adjacent to Loch Ness was finished. And Loch Ness meaning Lake Ness, because Loch means lake in... What language do they speak in Scotland? Is it Scottish? I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> I feel so awful because I don't I know. Don't know. I don't think it's Gaelic. It's yeah. Ga I was going to say Gaelic. I'm like, nope. That's and it's like one of those things that if you said the word, I'd be like, yes, I've heard that word. In but the language that is spoken in Scotland, "loch" means lake. I'm like a quarter Scottish. I should know this. I don't. <laughs> I I'm sorry. <laughs> oh boy, we're really. Uh... <laughs> if anybody knows, let us know. Uh, offering a unobstructed view of the lake. In April, a couple saw an enormous animal, which they compared to a dragon or prehistoric monster. And after it crossed their car's path, it disappeared into the water. The incident was reported in a Scottish newspaper, and numerous sightings followed. In December 1933, the Daily Mail commissioned Marmaduke Wetherill, a big game hunter, to locate the sea serpent. Crazy that the Daily Mail existed in 1933. Crazy. I thought that was a website that's only been around. Oh no, that and I think it's always been known as being kind of like, like a, a tabloid trash <laughs> magazine. What was that guy's name? Uh, Marmaduke Weatherall. That is a name. That's what I'm naming my future dog. That is an amazing name. He along the lake shores he found large footprints that he believed belonged to a very powerful soft-footed animal about 20 feet long. However, upon closer inspection, zoologists at the Natural Natural Oh my gosh, Natural History Museum determined that the tracks were identical and made with an umbrella stand or oh. ashtray that had a hippopotamus leg as a base. Witherell's role in the hoax was unclear. <laughs> if he was a big game hunter in in 1933, I would assume he probably had a hippopotamus leg. No. Yeah. Where else are you going to find a hippopotamus leg? That's actually, yeah, that's a good point. Because unfortunately, there were no laws as to what animals you could and could not hunt in also, 1933. I don't think I knew that Nessie, that part of the mythology, said that it could get out of the water. 
Oh yeah, no, it can. I did not know that part. It like waddle because it has little flippers. Like, yeah. what's it doing? I have like another tangent about that too. So like, those of you who know, Michelle was on the episode where we talked about video games or The Legend of Zelda. But if you didn't know, Nessie is part of the Mario yes. lore. She appears in I think all of the game, most of the games. I I. I don't Mario know. Mario 64 is yeah, like the, that's what the I'm best one, like the best example I can think of. I think it exists in the other games too, but Nessie is, it's definitely a Mario Odyssey. Yes, okay. And it's in Mario 64. I don't know, I don't know if it was in, I think it was in Paper Mario too. It may have been. And the Paper Mario for the GameCube as well. And I believe it might have been in Mario Galaxy. That's funny. Yeah, my memory is the 64 one is the one I remember the best. Yeah, because now I'm just thinking of like the whole like painting that you'd go in and that whole thing. Or it's not, is that not the painting? It's when you jump into the like oil slick thing in the basement. Yeah, you have to access it. I think you go down an elevator. That level is very strangely constructed. Is the yeah? It's like the weird cave. It's level. the mines, I think. Yeah, level. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. do you guys know what we're talking about? <laughs> they re-released it for the Switch, so like you know. Yeah, they did. It's called Mario 3D All Stars. If you're interested in playing Mario 64 and you have a Nintendo Switch, and you can ride Nessie in a level. Yeah, <laughs> and if you play Mario Odyssey. If you finish the game, Nessie lives in the Mushroom Kingdom level. Oh, that's great. And you can, I think it's either the lake, yeah, it's the lake level, because obviously, like, Lake Monster. One of the, like, moons is, like, riding Nessie and, like, figuring out how to help her do something. I need to play that game again, because I don't remember this. <laughs> it's the lake level that also has mermaids. Okay. And you know what? This is an interesting thing. Where do Zoras fit into all of this? Yeah, so are they mermaids? They're mermaid-like. Are they? Or are they kind of like more like a creature from the Black Lagoon? They're to like be anthropomorphic fish. Because <laughs> it depends on the game too. Because like mm. if you think about, uh, I always say ocarina. I know it's ocarina, but I always say ocarina. <laughs> if you think about ocarina of time, the the king of the Zoras is just like a giant fish. Yeah. And yes. And you go and you go inside the like other giant jabu fish. jabu yeah right and his daughter is like an anthropomorphic young girl that's also a fish yeah who ends up in a relationship with link at the end of it somehow. i think she thinks she's in one and he's like mm. <laughs> all right she's like so we're married right and but he's like, mm. yeah but it's funny because they live in lake hylia mm -hmm. so like are they like a descendant of nessie does ne I feel like Nessie doesn't exist in like Hyrulean lore, but like I don't know. It's so Her like I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind when I was thinking about this episode. But like you go to Lake Hylia and you have to like find them because they're hidden. Yes. In all of the games, they're hidden. So like obviously they're sea monsters. Yeah, they are the sea monsters of the Zelda series. But they're not evil. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Because they help the, like, Hylians. I guess, I mean, I guess just wanting to not be found doesn't mean you're evil. It just means they don't want to be found by humans. That's, that's true. But that's, yeah. 
I never thought about that. Yeah, you're asking <laughs> until, like the deep questions until now. right now. <laughs> I guess they, I guess they're sea monsters because as we learned, they're not all sea monsters are not all bad. Yeah, maybe we need to rebrand, you know, the monster word for the sea. I mean, when we did Monstober, we talked yeah. about like a bunch of different depictions of all those creatures. So like, I'm trying to think of other like. Oh, sea I also monsters. wanted to shout out in. Lake Champlain in Vermont. Yeah. That they have their own version of Loch Ness, but they call it uh, Champ. Yes. And book recommendation, everyone. Catherine Arden wrote, has written a series, a horror series for like sixth grade-ish reading level. But yeah. honestly, even as an adult, it was scary and good. Yeah. It's a horror series. But in the third book, they're looking for Champ. They yeah. go out on a, on a day cruise on a boat and, of course... Spooky things happen. <laughs> really, actually, I was like, "Wow, this is the scariest depiction of Champ I have ever read." It's really? like it's like a, it's attacking them. It's a snake with teeth that's attacking them. It's terrifying. Oh my god! The first book has scarecrows. Super spooky. <laughs> you guys should read it. Uh, the fourth book comes out next month. Is Catherine Arden from Vermont? I think, or she lives in Vermont. I'm not okay. sure if she was born in Vermont, but she lives in Vermont. I'm guessing maybe around like Middlebury because she writes. It seems like she's writing about the mid-state and up from there but yeah all the books take place in vermont what is it with horror authors in new england it's love i mean it's stephen king lives in maine like king and then love lovecraft who i mentioned yeah. who, like yeah problematic but was an early important writer he all of his stories take most of his stories take place in new england does stephen king have a sea monster story does stephen king have a sea monster story is Moby Dick a sea monster? That's another question. Well, I mean, yeah, I do think giant whales must have been what some people were seeing. Like some of the sea monsters yeah. must have come from just Orca whales. Orca whales are really terrifying. They're ter they're huge and they're terrifying. And yeah. they will, like, I think just the other day I saw in the news that like a whale beach, like, yeah. like landed on a boat and took it took it down. Yeah. Um. So they do, not to be malicious, I think sometimes they're just coming up and flipping. Yeah. And yeah. they'll be, yeah. And I feel like too, like people could people could have mistaken a seal for a siren. Do they make weird noises? Yeah, they yeah. like bark and honk. Actually, yeah, and that's stuff. a really good point. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't know what that was, and then it was making what is like what sounds is this making? Yeah. Because like if you're out in the middle of the sea, and like if you come to a rocky area, that's where they would live. Yeah, and they like. Look up the weird noises that sea lions and seals make because I'm not going to imitate them. I bet on the ocean sound carries weird too. Oh yeah, 100%. It probably echoes forever and ever because it's like just wide open space. I love reading about expeditions, like 1800s expeditions where they were trying to get to like the North Passage and yeah. so they're on the ice and getting stuck in the ice and everything and the sounds, I guess, of just ice. Yeah was terrifying to them because it would it would crack or set or like mm -hmm. i don't know just so yeah it must be i mean if you're on the ocean you're probably already kind of creeped out at night yeah so yeah not surprising i just saw a video the other day which i sent to our work group chat <laughs> that was um scientists have finally made it like to the bottom of the ocean and they discovered something called a Dumbo octopus because it has little flippers on its head, like on the sides of its head that look like big ears. 
and it uses them to propel across the bottom of the ocean. It's very tiny. It's not big. I don't think I watched this video. <laughs> this is it cute? It sounds cute. Yes, it's very okay, cute. Thank you. It's not scary. Thank you. <laughs> but I still I throw that in there because that's another like weird creature. Yeah, ocean animals are very odd looking. Also, did you guys know that uh, sea stars have legs? Because I didn't. Yeah. They have little tiny legs that move them around. And we yes. were watching, we have a, uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a monitor in the children's room that we use to play like videos about like our museum passes or we'll watch like explore.org to give the kids something to look at. And one day we were watching a tour of the Seacoast Science Center and they have like a sea star tank and we were watching it and the sea stars were like running across <laughs> the tank. And I was like, what is going on? No, they're very interesting. And you know the whole thing, like if you cut off one of their stars, one yeah. of their legs. Yeah, it can it will, regenerate. regenerate. Yeah. So my father used to always tell me, he grew up in Maine, that all the lobster, um, the people who would try to get lobsters, mm -hmm. uh, they would cut, they'd get the sea, the, the starfish would always just clog up the lobster traps and yeah. stuff. So they'd cut off all the legs and throw them back in the ocean to kill them. <laughs> and they were actually just creating oh my god that's funny yeah so after a while they learned oh we're making six every time we pick up one basically <laughs> have you ever been to the seacoast science center no i we i want i want field trips to see aquariums and, <laughs> and uh well if you guys are interested we do have a museum pass for that we also have a museum pass to the new england aquarium if you're interested in that i believe the new england aquarium is half price off admission and i I'm not 100% sure, but I think Seco Science Center is free admission with the pass. Actually, what I should do someday is get one of the passes, go, and then for a podcast, like, report back. <laughs> like Michelle on the road. Yeah, like, this was my experience. This is how it happened. I told Kathy that we should go on a department hunt for Mothman. No, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to miss And we would man. sit in Abbey Griffin Park and record a podcast well, actually, if it live on the a, scene. If it involves a camp out, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> Another, speaking of campouts, this is like so off base, but it's another sea monster. In Spongebob, they have these things called sea bears, which if you guys know Spongebob, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of the like most famous things about it. There's this tabloid magazine that exists in Bikini Bottom that talks about like a bunch of fake, like scary creatures and stuff. One of them being sea bears. SpongeBob and Patrick decide they're going to camp out and they prepare themselves for a sea bear attack. Squidward is very upset by this and he's just trying to relax, but they're making a bunch of noise outside. So he goes outside to hang out with them to get them to be quiet. And then they're like, oh, we're prepared for a sea bear attack. And Squidward's like, there's no such thing as sea bears. And he does all of the things that the magazine says not to do to not to like attract sea bears so he's like wearing a sombrero upside down he's got like cubed cheese on a plate like it's a bunch of stupid stuff and then a sea bear does come and spongebob and patrick draw a circle around them in the sand which like apparently sea bears can't enter like how ants can't enter like a okay. circle of like magic marker or whatever and then the sea bear like rips squidward to shreds like he doesn't get he doesn't like die or anything. Does it just look like a bear? Like I will swimming? show it's like imagine a bear head with a fish body. Okay, cool. I'll show you a picture of it after. Alright. But like, yeah, that's another one. There's also sea rhinoceros in SpongeBob. 
and seahorses are like actual horses. Okay. They're like giant seahorses. I would be actually very interested if anyone listening, I know there's like, there's regional tales, like how yeah. in Vermont they have champ yeah. and things like that. Are there any in New Hampshire? I don't think so. Okay, because if anyone's ever heard of like a New Hampshire water monster, not even like on the coast, but I'd be really interested. Or like if you've ever been sailing in the ocean and you saw something weird, tell us. Tell us if you saw something weird. <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to well, make every episode spooky. Episode. <laughs> That's like my ultimate goal. I think that's how we should end this episode. Yes, yes. Please report back with your findings of, of weird water creatures. Yeah, and let us know if you want us to do more episodes about like spooky things in the wild. Because we could do like forest yeah, Like crypto, like uh, what's it? Cryptozoology yeah. is like the study of mythical like Bigfoot or uh, the jackalope is one of my favorite. That's a Michigan one and it looks, it's it's like a rabbit and... There's a Pixar short about it. Oh, too. is there really? Yeah, it's okay. Called Boundin. Um, so, so, and, and yeah, every state seems to have its own pet, like weird. We will find the New Hampshire one, and then we will go on yeah. the scene. <laughs> I don't know if there's a New Hampshire one. And I don't know if we can actually go on the scene, but that would be really funny. That would be amazing, on, like a, a podcast on site. <laughs> be, like honestly, in the middle of the White Mountains, it's like okay, we're looking for this monster. That's where it would be if there was one in New yeah, Hampshire. I bet. I think. So we'll find that we'll out. Find it. But if you guys know, tell us and we'll do some research and report back. And maybe if we can, uh, Yvette, if you're listening, our <laughs> library director, if you want to come with us on this venture to find the New Hampshire monster, let us know. Recording a podcast on site would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will see everybody next time. I think I'm either going to have Claire or Dina with me next time. If you guys remember, Claire was on last year. She is our summer intern this year. And she has been like on and off the podcast. And you guys know Dina. She was on an episode like a few months ago. But you've seen her on Magical Make Believe. You see her for Pokemon Club, all this other stuff. So I think that's going to do it for this week. I always love having you on, Michelle. I always get so excited, but then it's not like I don't like to listen to myself so it's like oh i don't i won't listen this week i thought you were gonna tell them that we don't record this live <laughs> don't tell them that oh wait oops it's okay they know we've okay. told them before. okay <laughs> so yeah that's it i'll see everybody next time bye